Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. This month, we're celebrating a huge milestone, the 20th anniversary of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series. As a special thank you for your love and support, visit don'tsweat.com for a free download of a beautiful original image featuring an inspirational quote perfect for your desktop or mobile device. Carry a little pick-me-up with you everywhere you go with this lovely gift from Christine and the team. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Well, before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed. And if you're seated on the floor, just sit Indian style with your hands open on your lap. Put your shoulders back a little bit and sit relaxed, but attentive tuned in. So let's go ahead and begin to breathe together. As you breathe in, allow your chest and your belly to expand, taking in the fullness of that breath. And as you exhale, just let go and relax. Be in your body. This time as you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight to every cell of your being. And as you exhale, Relax a little bit deeper. This time as you breathe in, breathe in love. Fill your whole body with pure love, your heart with love, your core with love. Just feel love throughout your entire body. And as you exhale, let go of any fear, let go of any tension, anxiety. Just allow your body to relax deeper. This time, as you breathe in golden sunlight, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and just spend a moment in pure gratitude, thinking of a person, a place, something somebody recently said to you, just opening your heart to the fullness of that gratitude feeling, feeling so grateful to be alive, to be here, to be present in your breath. And just take a moment here to breathe in golden sunlight, feeling complete gratitude for this moment. And as you breathe in and exhale, open your eyes. Well, this is an interview in the series celebrating the 20th anniversary of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, a huge milestone for our series in which Hashtag Books has repackaged and relaunched the series. And so we are really spending this time celebrating just the movement of what it means to really surrender the small stuff to live the big stuff. I chose this person to be part of this series because... She has an amazing story to share about how she really had to live through a lot of big stuff at once. And celebrity nutrition and fitness expert JJ Virgin teaches clients how to lose weight and master their mindset so that they can lead bigger, better lives. She's the author of four New York Times bestsellers, The Virgin Diet, The Virgin Diet Cookbook, JJ Virgin's Sugar Impact Diet, and JJ Virgin Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook. And if you remember, I had her on the podcast when I um, did the Your Health is Your Wealth series, and she had a, we had a wonderful interview on that. Her memoir, her latest book, Miracle Mindset, A Mother, Her Son, 
and Life's Hardest Lessons explores the powerful lessons in strength and positivity that she learned after her son Grant was the victim of a brutal hit-and-run accident. JJ hosts the popular JJ Virgin Lifestyle Show podcast and regularly, regularly writes for Huffington Post, Rodell Wellness, and other major blogs and magazines. She's also a frequent guest on TV and radio and speaks at major events. In addition to her work with nutrition and fitness, JJ is also a business coach and founded the Premier Health Entrepreneur Event and Community, the Mindshare Summit. Find articles, recipes, and helpful online programs and more at www.jjvirgin.com. Welcome, JJ. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, I I was so incredibly touched when you just came out with your memoir um, about, I don't know, it must have been about eight weeks or so ago. Or Yeah. And just such a beautiful story. And I remember meeting you um, right at that time. I was at the Brennan Burchard Expert Academy, and I think it was right about the time when your, your uh, son had that hit-and-run accident. And I was just amazed about how you were able to pick up the pieces of everything and just continue to not only serve him, but to also serve your brand and all the hard work that you had come to and was coming to fruition, I believe, at that point. And, but before we begin and launch in there, I just, I've begun this series by asking everyone if they remember back, you know, 20 years ago when they read Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and how it impacted them and what they thought about it and, and maybe how it somehow, you know, began to sort of um, engineer your own work and push you in a direction or what you, what you gained from it. So I just thought we'd begin there. Um, with a, a little bit of, if you can remember back when you read Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. You know, it's one of those things you're kind of going, it's, it's always been in my consciousness. I'm thinking, well, who, who hasn't heard of this at this point? It's just become part of the vernacular. And when I looked back at going through what I went through with my son, um, I realized that there were things that had just become a way of, of my life that had saved me. And one of those things is just that concept of don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. And you don't realize how critical those things are till they're tested. Right. So true. And oh my gosh. And now what's so awesome is you say that, you know, you hear all the time, oh, don't sweat the small stuff. But when you go through a major life challenge, you start to realize, you really get that it really is all small stuff and that you really get that that we are actually never better than when we're challenged. And when we're faced with these things, we just, we get to a point where those things don't even register on our screen anymore, which is such a gift, right? Isn't it? It's such a it gift. It is. <laughs> it is because the things that, the minor annoyances, like, I, I mean, I remember when I lost Richard, you know, that. I was having a few petty things going on with girlfriends and just kids and all sorts of stuff was on my radar. And the moment he died, I mean, that was completely off. Like I never went back to that place of any of that. There, there just simply wasn't the bandwidth or the consciousness or the mental. You have such mental clarity, don't you? When you have to focus yeah. on really the big stuff of life. Well, and it never, and, and then you never, go back like my no. 19 year old when was 15 when my son was the victim of the hit run and left for dead in the street and he was there with us you know talking to the doctor and I mean just like behaving like a 70 year old really but what's been so amazing is he just these little things 
that normally we have to like really learn how to not focus on. It just, they're just not in this consciousness. Yeah. And that's it. And like you said earlier, that is such a gift when you realize that, that, you know, you, you just simply don't have the time to spend focused on any of the small stuff any longer. And so tell us about, tell us about your story. I really want to just dive into the mindset of miracles and how you, how you really got into that frame of mind and how that got you through, you know, living through such a a really difficult time. I mean, because I can't think of anything, honestly, there is nothing worse than having your child and be at risk, not only, you know, for, you know, dying, but for, potentially having such a huge mental challenge on, on his plate too. And I just want our listeners to hear about your story and how you did that, how you got through that. Yeah. Um, I always said I could handle anything as long as my kids were okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> there you go. Well, I proved that I could handle anything. So, um, and what was so interesting is um, you mentioned that we've been at uh, Brandon Burchard's event. I, uh, I remember we were, I was at an event and I was walking out of this event and I thought, gosh, I don't have a hero's journey, you know, because it was like the big story of that event was like, you've got to have this hero's journey. And I'm like, I don't have a hero's journey. And the next day this, this whole thing happens. So that whole, be careful what you wish for. Right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Super careful. But, um, it was a couple weeks before my Virgin Diet book was coming out, which I had just invested all my time and energy. And I'm a single mom. I'm the financial support for my family. And I knew this was going to be a game changer for me and for my family. Yeah. And my son was out crossing the street at dusk. We'll never really know quite what happened. Um, but a car hit him. We think going probably 40 miles an hour. He was left dead in the street. He was airlifted to the local hospital. When we got there, we found out that he had a torn aorta. That kills 90% of the people on the scene. They told us his would rupture sometime in the next 24 hours. He had multiple brain bleeds, and that was the real challenge because he had to have this aorta fixed or it was gonna, he was going to die, but he had multiple brain bleeds. And in this hospital in Palm Springs, they couldn't do the very specialized surgery he needed. And so the doctor said, you know, he'll never survive a the airlift to the hospital that he needs to go to. And even if he did, he probably wouldn't survive that surgery. And even if he were to survive all that, he'd be so brain damaged. Oh. It would be worth it. Oh he literally God. said this. And my 15 year old standing there and looking at him. And, um, and this is why as parents, it's so critical because how your kids are, are modeling your behavior. Totally. And right. And my son, um, listening to this doctor and he says so like a 0.25 percent chance that he could make it and the doctor says yep that sounds about right Bryce tells me later he goes you know 0.25 is is not zero yeah (laughs) but he he says well we'll take those odds and I think back now you know in in, in, when you're going through this you're an autopilot but you know my 15 year old son's looking at a doctor going no we'll take those odds you're overruled and so we overruled that doctor. Now we knew that he had brain activity. Otherwise this would have been, yeah, you know, been over. Exactly. He had brain, brain activity. And I mean, you know, you think about it and you go, your son's on a ventilator. He had 13 fractures. He had bones sticking through his skin. It was unbelievable. Like his body covered in road rash. 
but he's still there. Yeah, so you got to fight for it, right? It's yeah. like, you know, you got to know that you've done everything. So uh, we airlifted him. And the next hospital we get to, we drive there in the middle of the night to get to this hospital in LA, two and a half hours away. And this doctor, we walk into the waiting room and we get into the, the staging area where there's five surgical teams working on my son, getting him ready for surgery. And this doctor walks up and he goes, are you the mom? You know, and I'm like looking totally shell-shocked, right? Yeah. And he goes, you don't need to worry. I got this. I um, do this all the time. I had someone thrown off an overpass last week. I fixed him. Don't even worry. Oh, wow. I know. Talk about don't sweat the small stuff. I, I know, <laughs> right? That's an, amazing, so, that's an amazing story for him to have that kind of confidence. And for you to feel that at that point must have been incredibly hopeful. I just went with what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. Well, fine. I'm I'll I'll definitely go with what you're saying. If you say that he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine. And uh so yeah, he we went through this and um he got through the surgery. He comes up to the waiting room to tell us that everything's been fine, he's fixed. He and then he says, he goes, "Now, I'm just the plumber. I have no idea about his brain." I just know his aorta is repaired. Oh, <laughs> like, good. You know, so well, that was the first step. Great and horrible, you know, great and horrible because he was in a deep coma um, for weeks that took – I mean, comas are not like what you see in the movies. I've always been fascinated by comas. I think they're, like, just amazing and, um, you know, interesting. And the near-death experience is, like, super, super cool. But uh, I didn't necessarily want to go through it no, like this. No, sure. <laughs> right. No. But um, but I've always thought, wow, that's very interesting. And he had Grant had all of these things, but the big takeaway is people don't come out of comas um, over over a minute, which is what I thought. He'd wake up and say hi, mom, and that's not really what happens at all. Just you know, for our all of our own personal information, if you're ever going through this, they don't they don't wake up and say hi, mom, I love you. It uh, takes a long time to help bring someone out, and that. You know, everyone talked about the first couple of days being the hard part, but that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was really the last four years of helping someone with a severe traumatic brain injury who basically had to start all over again, yeah. learning everything right down to who he was, who we were, everything all over again. So was his, his short-term and long-term memory were impacted? Oh, everything was impacted. Everything. He didn't know who he was, who I was, where we were, wow. you know. The short term was totally gone. Every it, it was like Groundhog's Day every minute. Wow. When are we going home? When are you know you he he'd say when are we going home? I'd answer him. He go when are we going home? I'm like oh my gosh I'm going to go crazy here. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It was insane. So <clears throat> you know it just everything was impacted. But the first you know in the first 24 hours we get to the next hospital he's gone through the first surgery i'm holding his hand and there's literally like three fingers i can hold everything else that he has is covered with bandages or it's you know got road rash and so i've got three fingers i'm holding under those three fingers and i say grant now he's on a ventilator he's got a tube coming out of his brain he's in a deep coma and i said grant we've got this you don't need to worry because he's always been very able to tell my moods and everything else. So I was just like, I'm not going to like, I'm going to stay here and be positive. I said, you don't need to worry. We totally got this. I'm going to get all my, all my friends involved. You're going to be better than before. You'll be 110%. Don't worry. 
And uh, that's kind of what we went through from then on out. And it turns out that one of the key ways that you can build resilience is by being curious, asking the right questions. And think about that. You know, so much of what we get, I believe we get what we expect. And so much um, is about asking that right question, putting it into your brain. For the last four and a half years, the question in my brain is, how do I get my son to be 110%? Mm. Yeah, that's a great, that's such a great point. I always say that life in and of itself is about the inquiry, you know, that if you don't, if you don't dare to ask the questions, you're not going to have any answers, that the answers actually come, they actually come through the ability to go inward and, and ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, you never think about that, but think about what if I said, you know, I just want my son to survive. How do I get my son to survive? Yeah, but then that, you're you're taking it a step further. You're like you're not you went right to like how do I make my son how how do I get my son to a place of 110% recovered and better? Yeah, where this was the best thing that ever happened to him and the best thing that ever happened to our family yeah. that we're all better because of it and taking it a step further, which is you know because when these things happen, you feel so hopeless and out of control. And what helped me kind of, you know, when you have a bigger mission, a bigger purpose, it can, it can really help calm you down. And so for me, it was not just how do I get my son to be 110% and knowing that I am, you know, even today I haven't, I haven't exhausted all of my options and he's already better than before the surgery I mean before the accident. But, um, also, not just how do I get him to be 110%, how are we all better because of it, but how can we then help other people too? So you have a yeah. bigger purpose and mission out in the world. Absolutely. I, I, I find it so interesting that when you have that mindset about looking at life as a real curriculum and that it's all about, like really the end result is all about what did you, how, did, how well did you live, how well did you love, and how much did you learn here on this earth, and how much did you serve? And yeah. when, you, when you take all of those things into consideration, and that is your mindset, it's amazing how resilient we can be amidst the worst adversities of our life. I mean, when I lost Richard, it was so sudden, and I don't know if you know this, but he died from a pulmonary embolism. And so yeah. it was like, it was, we were a happy family one day and the next day I never saw him again. And he was on a trip to New York. So I never saw him again, but I had that deep belief system. And, and again, it goes back to what you just stated is that what we expect out of life is really kind of what we get, you know? And if you have that deep belief system and that mindset of, wow, you know, this is really, this is kind of shitty that this happened. Totally shitty. This is the worst thing, one of the worst things you could imagine in your life. But there's something great that's going to come from this. You just know it. And and it has to. And that for me, like that was how I was too. I was like, this is the worst thing other than having something happening to my kids. This was the worst thing that I could possibly imagine could have happened to our lives. And yet deep in my heart and soul, I knew that this was part of my life curriculum and that this was something I just, I had to go through and that I would come out of it, you know, way, a way better person than when I started. And, you know, and I, I love that you said that because that really is what living the big stuff is. And, and like we've alluded to, you know, the things that are on your radar that are small stuff and before that they aren't on your radar anymore and they never are again. That's the truth. You, you elevate 
your your consciousness elevates and you just you just can't even be bothered by minor annoyances and you know piddly things anymore <laughs> yeah and that is one of the big you know that's uh, there's so many gifts that happen when you go through challenging things because honestly I can't think of one time in my life when everything was going my way and I grew yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's just yeah me too I, I agree awesome if it could happen that way <laughs> yes I, I am right with you there and I, I wish that my paradigm was different than that but you're right it's true I I've I've only really truly grown the most and the, the soil is so fertile ground for growth when I'm going through something difficult no, it holds true for all of us and you know I actually as I was going through all this about you know, two and a half years in, um, I started getting so many questions about how I was doing this. And mm. I was honestly on autopilot and fortunate, super fortunate that um, I had this mentor in my early 30s who was supposed to be a business coach. You know, she I was a trainer at the time, paying my way through my third graduate school. And she's like, why are you in grad school? And I go, because I... I want to make a bigger impact in the world and be more successful. And she goes, well, all these grad schools are not, that's doesn't actually correlate, which was a shocker to me. <laughs> I, I mean, you just think I, if I want to be more successful, I need more school. Um, and so she said, I'll teach you. She was a self-made multimillionaire uh, businesswoman. Mm. And she said, I'll, I'll teach you how to have a successful business. And I'm like, I'm in. Right. And so I moved into her house fully expecting that she was going to teach me all this amazing business stuff. And for six months, she didn't teach me one business tactic. And I was, remember just going for the first month, I was like, I can't believe this. Like, and it was all this mindset stuff. The first thing she had me do was wear rubber bands around my wrist. And every time I said anything negative or limiting, I had to snap that rubber band. Oh, and Powerful. I thought I'd have no skin on my wrist, you know, it's <laughs> like, red wrist, you know, but you don't realize that unless you tightly manage your environment, you will get sucked into the small things. You get sucked into the drama. You get sucked into all this ridiculous stuff that doesn't matter. And Boy, so and it's all in your head. So that's yes, a, that's a great, it's all, it's all right? going on in your own head. It's not even real. Yeah. So, I mean, this was all in place. All of the managing your environment, which, by the way, is probably the most critical thing that I did in that hospital, was manage grants and my environment super tightly. Nice. So much so that my mother, my own mother, I was like, I can't talk to you every day. She well, didn't come visit for four months because she is just doom and gloom Debbie Downer. Yeah. You know, yeah. She, she was just like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, I cannot hear that because I am going to I'm focusing on getting him to 110 percent. And, hey, there were plenty of times along the way that it was absolutely terrifying and he almost died. And I had to, to just know that as I was writing the book, that it wasn't about, it wasn't a book about Grant's survival. It was about how we showed up during the process. And in life, that is what life's about, how you show up. Yeah, we always say the circumstances of life don't make or break you, they reveal you. Yep. And, you know, it's, I, I used to, you know, um, Wayne Dyer had that great saying. He goes, when you squeeze an orange, what do you get? <laughs> <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> so, you know, it's people will just say, oh, my gosh, I, 
I had someone who was working with me and he did just something super out of integrity. And he said, Oh my gosh, but I was so stressed. I'm like, uh huh. Um, but that just is revealing who you are. Like there's no excuse for doing something out of integrity because you were stressed. No, no, exactly. Again, like it's all, it is, it's really how you show up. And I think that's what's so powerful about your story and about modeling that for people because, you know, we do, it's so easy to get into the doom and gloom of a really drastic um, life catastrophic situation. And, and yet there'll be no hope if you do, if you go down that corner, that that's the opposite of the hero's journey. And I, I'm writing a book coming up called From Heartbreak to Wholeness, The Hero's Journey Through Lost Returning to Joy. And from loss to joy. And, and, and that's kind of the whole thing is like, you have to take, you have to create that mindset and, and go with that mindset at the fork in the road. And that's what you did. And I like, that's what I love so much about your book, JJ, um, the mindset of miracles is it's a story that shows the path and, and really rather than tell, you know, it really shows this is how you do it. This is how you get through, um, really life's difficult moments with, resilience, grace, um, hope, and, and how you can return. And you've, you, you've masterfully done a great job. So kudos to you. Thank you. That was the big thing that I wanted to be able to do with this was show people. I mean, if I could do it in that situation, yes. because people are like, oh my gosh, I could never do what you did. And I said, if you asked me five years ago, you said, okay, this stuff's going to happen. And here's what you're going to do. I go, no way, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, you're never better than when you're challenged, you no idea what you're really capable of until you get there, but you really have to have this in place. And gosh, I was just fortunate. I had my gratitude practice in place every morning. I'd wake up every morning at this little crappy hotel at you know, a couple blocks from the hospital. I'd wake up like totally freaked out. Right. Yeah, I'd wake up going, Oh my gosh. And then I would do my gratitude practice and push the fear out. And then I'd go to the hospital and I'd be okay. And then if something came up, I would like text or lifeline a friend, you know, and every yeah. night I'd leave that hospital and it was, it was just, night was always depressing because you get in there in the morning, it was dark. I'd leave at night, it was dark. And, and I'd walk out of there and, you know, oftentimes my only connection with Grant during the day was maybe he'd like squeeze my finger, you know, and you have no idea what's going on. And I just would have to go, okay, what was good today? Like, what were the little miracles today? Because they are all around us. We just don't take the time to see them. That is so true. Well, I am just, I'm so touched by your story. And I want to remind everybody again, it's Miracle Mindset, A Mother, Her Son, A Life's Hardest Lessons. Tell us what else you're doing right now, because I, I see like you've gone a whole new direction and and it's really beautiful. Would you want to share with our audience what, what it is you're up to? Uh, <laughs> you want to see my ADD at work? <laughs> Besides uh, in the middle of a big move and getting married. I know. To, to well, congratulations. Now, I, I think, you know, this is great because, you know, you've you've lived through something, you had a lot of skills in your emotional tool belt to um, rely on. And all you're doing is really same thing that I've done is share what you, what you use to not only survive, but to thrive and to help your son get through this really difficult time. And people, we all know that our time will come. I mean, that's just the truth is 
this human life is not for the weary. It's not for the meek. It's not, it's, it's not any of that, you know, that everyone in this world will have something that happens that they have to get through, that they have to not only survive, but they have to know how to get back to thriving. And, 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 and that's why this is so powerful. So what you're doing is really amazing. And I'm, I just want to, you know, hats off to you that you've not only led people, you know, to greater health and wellness, but now you're also helping people, you know, move through adverse times in their lives with greater ease and grace. So thank you. Well, what I'm most proud of is last night, um, we were all over at the house we're moving into my ex-husband, my son, Grant Bryce was off at school and my fiance and I were all checking it out. Um, because there's all these orchards there and my son loves to garden and then everyone came over for dinner and I'm just super proud of the fact that everyone gets along, Mm. you know, at my wedding, my ex-husband will walk my mom down the aisle and it's just, it's just excellent. I mean, I think it says a lot for, for everybody involved that they can be that way. And then, um, the next level that I'm actually doing in all of what I'm doing, I'm doing it in virgin diet and sugar impact diet and the miracle mindset. All of them have online courses, but what I really realized is if you really want to go out there and help, you know, transform the world, what you really want to do is empower people to teach and to share. Because when you teach something, you really own the material and then it gives you a chance to help others. So I'm actually, I have a whole other company called Mindshare where I bring um, health wellness experts together once a year and we all share our ideas and collaborate and it has become one of the most powerful groups for really affecting change in health worldwide which I'm super thrilled about and they've really you know everybody supports each other it's all based on a rising tide lifts all boats and then um, I'm going to be launching these coach programs for every single one of my programs so that we can help people who want to be out there coaching and teaching to have a framework. Oh, that's wonderful. And so people can find out more about the Mindshare Summit by going to www.jjvirgin.com. Actually, that one is www.mindsharesummit.com. Oh, great. Perfect. And <laughs> that one you'll never see on my consumer, like my my you know public page because okay. it's for healthcare, health, health experts and health entrepreneurs and a lot of, you know, Docs, nutritionists, ecologists, health, wellness, personal development people. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you, JJ, so much for being on the podcast today. And I know everyone's going to love your book, um, Miracle Mindset. I, I love it. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Come back again cool. and listen to um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. And we'll um, see you again. Bye. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Visit DontSweat.com for your free download of a beautiful original image featuring an inspirational quote ready to make its home on your desktop or mobile device.